it is to East Barsetshire that we are called. When the division above spoken of was first contemplated, in those stormy days in which gallant men were still combating reform ministers, if not with hope, still with spirit, the battle was fought by none more bravely than by John Newbold Gresham of Greshamsbury, the member for Barsetshire. Fate, however, and the Duke of Wellington were adverse, and in the following Parliament John Newbold Gresham was only member for East Barsetshire. Whether or not it was true, as stated at the time, that the aspect of the men with whom he was called on to associate at St. Stephen's broke his heart, it is not for us now to inquire. It is certainly true that he did not live to see the first year of the reformed Parliament brought to a close. The then Mr. Gresham was not an old man at the time of his death, and his eldest son, Francis Newbold Gresham, was a very young man, but notwithstanding his youth, and notwithstanding other grounds of objection which stood in the way of such preferment, and which must be explained, he was chosen in his father's place. The father's services had been too recent, too well appreciated, too thoroughly in unison with the feelings of those around him, to allow of any other choice. And in this way, young Frank Gresham found himself member for East Barsetshire, although the very men who elected him knew that they had but slender ground for trusting him with their suffrages. Frank Gresham, though then only twenty-four years of age, was a married man and a father, he had already chosen a wife, and by his choice had given much ground of distrust to the men of East Barsetshire. He had married no other than Lady Arabella de Courcy, the sister of the great Whig Earl who lived at Courcy Castle in the West. That Earl who not only voted for the Reform Bill, but had been infamously active in bringing over other young peers so to vote, and whose name therefore stank in the nostrils of the staunch Tory squires of the county. Not only had Frank Gresham so wedded, but having thus improperly and unpatriotically chosen a wife, he had added to his sins by becoming recklessly intimate with his wife's relations. It is true that he still called himself a Tory, belonged to the club of which his father had been one of the most honoured members, and in the days of the great battle got his head broken in a row on the right side, but nevertheless it was felt by the good men, true and blue, of East Barsetshire, that a constant sojourner at Corsi Castle could not be regarded as a consistent Tory. When, however, his father died, that broken head served him in good stead. His sufferings in the cause were made the most of. These, in unison with his father's merits, turned the scale, and it was accordingly decided, at a meeting held at the Georgian Dragon at Barchester, that Frank Gresham should fill his father's shoes. But Frank Gresham could not fill his father's shoes. They were too big for him. He did become member for East Barsetshire, but he was such a member, so lukewarm, so indifferent, so prone to associate with the enemies of the good cause, so little willing to fight the good fight, that he soon disgusted those who most dearly loved the memory of the old squire. De Courcy Castle in those days had great allurements for a young man, and all those allurements were made the most of to win over young Gresham. 
His wife, who was a year or two older than himself, was a fashionable woman, with thorough Whig tastes and aspirations, such as became the daughter of a great Whig earl. She cared for politics, or thought that she cared for them, more than her husband did. For a month or two previous to her engagement she had been attached to the court, and had been made to believe that much of the policy of England's rulers depended on the political intrigues of England's women. She was one who would fain be doing something if she only knew how, and the first important attempt she made was to turn her respectable young Tory husband into a second-rate Whig bantling. As this lady's character will, it is hoped, show itself in the following pages, we need not now describe it more closely. It is not a bad thing to be son-in-law to a potent earl, member of parliament for a county, and a possessor of a fine old English seat and a fine old...